0: Between Two Friends with Brett Tremblay is a podcast for entrepreneurs about current issues, topics, advice pertaining to their industry, and more times than not,
1: life in general. In this episode, our guest is Anne Kyle Ducks. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Between Two Friends. And today I'm just overly excited to have our guest, Ann Killed Ducks, our very first Emmy winner on the show and probably our last, that's just a big deal. She does a lot of things. I think we all have multiple titles these days, but Anne is an on-camera and readiness coach with her own business called Ducks Communications. Tell us a little bit more about your background because that was just like one layer of all the things that you've done.
0: Well, thank you for having me. This is fun. I launched uh, my professional development firm Ducks Communications a few years ago. And as he mentioned, I teach professionals how to communicate more effectively on and off camera to really build their personal brands and their larger brands as well. I spent over a decade delivering live reports on television as a news journalist across the country from Miami, but lived all over. I was away for about 13 years and made my way back to Channel 7, WSBN. And um, that was my last news position before I became an entrepreneur and small business owner.
1: Give us a little bit about that story. Like, why did you want to be on camera? Where did you go to school? And then what was your, your big break? What, what, what changed for you?
0: I think at least the hope is that whatever we do as a career is a combination of what we're naturally good at and what we love. And so when I was younger and in that process of self-discovery, I thought, you know, I love to write. I love to read. I'm a bit of a nerd. I love to research. Um, I love to, I love video and photography and the creative side of things. And I'm, I'm a storyteller. And so as I started to put all those pieces together, it made sense to become a journalist. Initially, I was certainly not planning on being on TV. Actually, as a young person, as a child, I was extremely shy. I know it sounds almost impossible, but I almost didn't survive first grade. I know my mom got that call that was like you know there might be a problem here I just was extremely extremely shy and I wouldn't speak I wouldn't speak in class I wouldn't speak to most people outside of my family but it was something I worked really hard on and I think I still work on it today I think that um, you know we all start a certain way our fabric and um, it's really our job to to figure out what we can do with it, to figure out what our impact is going to be for our companies, for our communities and so on. And so you you dig deeper, you push through it and you figure out how to, to have the impact, how to use your voice. Um, and I did that. So I ended up <laughs> in television news. My first job was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, it's a sink or swim type job then and now, um, but it's also one where, it really celebrates teamwork, especially if you're at the right station. And so you learn on the job, you learn from each other and you help each other out because you are dealing with a lot of people in crisis, um, in crisis situations. And, um, And you're also in a world of seconds. A lot of people think about their industries and their jobs in hours, days, weeks, months, projects are a little bit longer. But every single day you're on the news you're putting a product out there into the world sometimes a minute 15 you spend your entire day and then you just create a minute 15 and that's everything and that's a lot of pressure and there's a lot going on um but it's so important
1: you went to journalism school because that's what you wanted to do
0: yeah so i um i started at boston university where i studied journalism and politics political science Then I moved over to American University for my master's in journalism and public affairs uh, because I thought, you know, I really love the politics too. What better place to be than DC? Um, So I got my master's in in DC and uh, started my journalism career. And then more recently, actually last year, I graduated from the University of Miami with a global executive MBA. So now I'm finished. I am not going to become a doctor. (laughs) is not going to happen, but I just, I love, I love business. I love people, I love government, public policy and journalism storytelling. So I did it. I did all of it. And, um, and I just, you know, we should never, even if you're not going to a college or university, if you're just taking a simple class online free or not, we should never stop learning.
1: So for entrepreneurs, you can never stop learning. There's always so much more to learn. The reason I ask about school is you know, some people, Going a roundabout way and end up on camera. Not everyone has to go to journalism school. A lot of people do. Um, where I went to school, I mean, it's a really you've never heard of it before, right? It's called Eastern New Mexico University. But we had a full TV station and a really good communications program. That's like maybe the one thing that the school had. And so we had friends who I would see them start their freshman year, and by the end they had been on the local, not the local news, but the the university knew so much they were rather polished and so like the amount of work that it takes to get good and then all like you said all the work just to get that minute 15 it i, I mean it, it, like you said there's a lot of pressure because you got to nail it um which takes us maybe to your emmy how did how did that come about what did you win your emmy for um tell us a story
0: i have two emmys the first one is from my time in indianapolis i did a story about the um, one of the emergency medical alert buttons that you press a lot of times yeah. elderly people or people with different health conditions have them and um, it wasn't being taken care of properly when the button was being pushed emergency personnel were not responding my story centered around a woman an elderly woman who was on her own she lived in her house by herself independently Uh, but she had a stroke one day and she laid on her bedroom floor for six hours and kept pushing the button and no one came. And, um, and it was one of those moments where her, her daughter contacted the station, contacted me and said, it just, this isn't right. You know, we believe in this big company that's behind this button. It says it on the button. And we, something isn't right. Something has to happen. And now her mother is in a home and is not in her own independent home anymore, which she lived. And that's important, but, you know, it could have been different. And so we worked really hard uh, to dig into it and to figure out exactly what happened. And, and hopefully, really, and I, and I think we did this, made people think a little bit deeper about if you're going to buy into these security measures and these mechanisms to make sure that they're going to work when, when it really matters most Um, and to make sure that people who are responsible for it are being responsible.
1: You're, you're relying on that response. Like my, my elderly parent is going to be safe because I have a plan. That is my plan, right? So you don't have contingencies because you're relying on that. So, wow.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And technology is the best, you know, we thankful, like thankfully, even with this pandemic, we've seen how much technology has helped us out. And and they've stepped up, you know, the companies behind a lot of the communication mechanisms and so on. But um, there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that we don't understand or didn't think we needed to dig into. But I think it's our responsibility um, as consumers to, to do our due diligence there as well. So that was that was my first Emmy. And it, it meant a lot. The, obviously, the award's great. But that call afterwards from her daughter after the story aired and, and the changes we made were, were yes. big for me.
1: Uh, look, I didn't realize you had two Emmys. I, I, I apologize for, for changing you. Uh, you got to have them both back there, though, so so people know. I
0: know. I know. I know. I'll uh, <laughs> tell I'll tell a shorter story if you want. The second one's shorter, much, much shorter.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, please, please do. I know you want to overdo it in the background, but I mean, it is a big deal. So yeah,
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, my, my second one was actually here in Miami uh, after Fidel Castro passed. It was the community response um, to, to what happened and to what potentially could be the future for Cuba as well. And um, it was a big team effort at Channel 7. So that was my second one. There's my short story, but okay. equally important and, um, and wonderful to, to make moves here in Miami as well, my hometown. So
1: you've got this amazing career, you're winning Emmys. And then now you have your own business. You, you know, like what, what is that all about? In other words, um, I, first of all, I really love when people who've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and then they make it happen or someone just gets the itch and does it because there's, there's no right age to go on your own and be an entrepreneur. You can do it at any age, but I love these stories. So again, you're kicking butt in your career and you make a move. So how did that come about? You know, what, what was the decision making there?
0: Thank you for saying that, by the way, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was five weeks from, from getting married. It was 2018. And I ended up, um, at the doctor's office and I got a cancer diagnosis and it was, it was a moment. I think that for anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer, that, uh, the world stops and you feel like you're outside of yourself. Um, and you, you take the time to digest and to get mad and to get sad. Um, but then you decide, you know, I may not be able to plan three weeks, three months from now, whatever that might be. Um, but I'm going to get through this, and so for me, uh, that meant I had to go on medical leave because I wasn't healthy enough to go through the surgery I needed. And um, I talked to my now husband, and um, and he still wanted to marry me. Isn't that great? <laughs> He's lovely. It's amazing. Um, and and we said we're getting married. You know, we're we're getting married, and so we'll figure out what happens next. And um, and we got married on a Friday. I had cancer surgery on a Tuesday. And, um, and, and I pushed through and and you, you digested in nuggets. And I think you, you figure out, um, you know, what's next. I think when you're going hundred miles an hour, and I'm sure a lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs know this, sometimes you don't have time to absorb and digest. And all of a sudden, you know, I hit a stop sign. So I started thinking about who I am, those things that make me special, the things that help me create impact in my community and in business And um, at the time, I really wasn't healthy enough to go back to the news world to literally run back into fires and (laughs) everything else that I'd experienced for so long. And I thought, you know, I don't think there's an end or beginning to to jobs. So many times we attach ourselves to what we do or our role or our title, and I think that's a mistake. I think for me, it was like, okay, I'm needing to evolve. and this was abrupt and I didn't really plan this, but if I'm going to evolve and create an impact, like what am I great at and what do I enjoy and how can I add to other people's lives? And I thought I have spent a career learning to communicate more effectively, build my personal brand, helping others communicate as well, and why not turn that into a business? I was already doing it, anyways, for my friends who'd call up and say, Hey, you know, <laughs> can you help me with yeah. this or that? <laughs> and so it, it turned into a business, it evolved. Met so many amazing people. I work with small business owners and entrepreneurs, I work with corporate individuals, C suite, I work with a lot of nonprofits as well. Um, so it's just, it's really, it's really amazing to see other people have their aha moments and to sit in the background and be their communication sharpshooter and and watch yeah. people uh, communicate more effectively at work. And I'd like to think at home too. So hopefully some wives and husbands and girlfriends will call me later and say, Oh my gosh, such an easier time at home now. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows?
1: Yeah. yeah that, that's a whole, that's a whole separate business.
0: Yeah. It. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> so
1: Look, first things first, I, I didn't, I didn't know about the cancer diagnosis. So are you, know, how are you doing now? I'm
0: helping now. Yes. I was really lucky. I had stage one cancer. I had surgery. Wow. I didn't end up needing radiation. And, uh, you know, I, I felt very, and I do feel very lucky. Um, and as much as I probably picked up the speed <laughs> maybe too much. And I'm moving very fast now as a small business owner and entrepreneur, because we do all things. Um, at the same time, I'm more thoughtful about my life. And I think I have a really nice balance. And um, we have my husband and I have a son. So I'm now a mom. And uh, we we had a we had a crazy 2018-2019. It, it happened all before COVID. So <laughs> I feel like we were prepared for a large global <laughs> pandemic. If, that, if you could be prepared for that.
1: That's awesome. Well, I mean, I, I didn't realize when I asked you that question that a life event, you know, spurred the change. Um, and not, I mean, it's a unique story, not totally uncommon, but, um, but I, a blessing in disguise, perhaps. Maybe now you're doing what you're called to do. Yeah,
0: I think we all evolve, and I think your aha moment doesn't have to be a big di- diagnosis. I know I was very dramatic in my approach. Sometimes <laughs> it's getting fired. Sometimes it's saying, "I don't want to go to work anymore. I don't love my job. Like I, I am not finding joy in my everyday and and taking that plunge. You know, sometimes you don't need to get beat up to jump off, um, and it's scary. Uh, I definitely had my moments where I'm saying, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> but at the same time, I think that's part of it. You know, if you yeah. want to be great, you're going to have to experience those bumps in the road. If you just want to be average, it'll be an easier journey, but one that's less fulfilling in my mind.
1: Absolutely. I, 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 hope, I hope people hold on to that quote. You know, uh, there's risk with entrepreneurship, but that's where the, the rewards can come, right? Um, and sometimes getting fired is the best thing that happens to people. And, and, and you're right. That's where change. There's a lot more we could dig into um, on the entrepreneur side. But, but tell people where to find you um, if, if they're in, interested, because a, a communications coach or on-camera readiness coach, that's super interesting and fun. And I bet a lot of people are, are going to be very intrigued by this. So how, how does someone reach out to you?
0: Well, my firm's Ducks Communications, so you can certainly find me online. The website's up. And uh, as part of really the beginning of this pandemic and this need to communicate on video conferences and virtually, I launched a new curriculum called Live Impact Online. It also has its own website and it breaks down the different services I offer there. It's for individuals and for teams and groups. And it really talks about being on camera and not just sounding good. But looking good and feeling good about the experience as well, nobody wants to walk away from a business meeting and feel like, oh, gosh, I don't know how I did or that was recorded. I was live. I can't believe I said that. Um, And it's not about making someone a perfect public speaker. You know, we're not going there. It's about everyday business. And so we talk about. Vocal variety, you know, how to use your voice more effectively. Some of my clients are amazing speakers in front of thousands of people, but then you put them in front of a computer and they're just like, you know, they can't figure out where things are. The technology is making them feel very unsettled. And it's a different approach. And so a lot of it's also body positioning and feeling powerful in that moment, even what you wear and the colors. So we get into a lot of really fun stuff. Um, I think it's a great time. Everyone seems to be smiling through it. Everybody feels good about the next step. And I think like anything else, and I think you brought this up earlier, it's always about practice. You know, the more you do things, I tell people all the time, just get on a Zoom call, just by yourself, hit record. Try things over and over again, whatever it might be practice, because sometimes we're so mean to ourselves and we think we did horribly, but we watch it back and we're like, wait a second, that wasn't so bad. And then you can really take it up a notch and say, you know, I'm going to try and create a little bit more power in my voice or whatever it might be. And and we get there. So um, on top of obviously it helps to have an expert by your side and watching you and monitoring, giving you tips, but. A lot of it, too, is just taking the time to invest in yourself.
1: I've tried at least 10 different microphones. So I would get on Zoom, record myself, play it back on and on. Just I mean, and it's still not perfect. But, um, you know, audio is so, so crucial to this new way of communication um, that everybody's doing. So and this this has been really educating and fantastic. And thank you again for coming on. Let's end on this. What is some advice you have for women entrepreneurs or or women that want to maybe make the leap and become an entrepreneur?
0: One is, and this is for women and men, really enjoy the journey. You know, I think it's, it's a lot to jump into a new space to jump into a space that is your own. So you're creating all the rules. Um, And we it's important to set your short and long term goals, but understand that the good decisions that you make, the the pluses, the the big celebrations will give you that burst of energy and will keep you going. But also, I think it's important to think about some of those bad moments or the struggles, the parts where you're realizing, oh, that wasn't so lovely after that meeting. But it forces you to dig deeper and to pivot or push through. So really think about these moments in time as you grow and evolve and and things are changing so rapidly. The technology is changing so rapidly that no matter what we do, it's touching us. And, um, And I think one of the positives of the pandemic is that it told us that we are truly living in a global environment. We really are not local businesses only or South Florida businesses or national. We really, even as entrepreneurs are global. And so we have so much more reach. So we should really harness this technology, buy into all those microphones that you just mentioned, right? And figure out how to communicate more effectively with a larger audience, because there is no ceiling. There's no ceiling.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself The, the fun part is not knowing really what's coming tomorrow or just knowing that if you want to pivot, do something new, you have that freedom. Um, and thank you so much again for joining us. I really enjoyed the time and you have an incredible story and you're, you're helping other people tell their stories and that's really cool. So uh, appreciate you being here with us.
0: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Have a great day.
0: You too. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.